Welcome to Mastering Life's Adventures, an educational podcast about tapping into your true self, the soul, your soul, the substance of your life, to discover what life's ups and downs are really about, and how to have a greater sense of purpose, peace, joy, and fulfillment. I am Dr. Judith Holder, your host, coach psychologist, fellow seeker who enjoys diving into the connections between spirituality, psychology, wellness, and your everyday life's adventures. All preparing and polishing you like the fastest of magnificent diamond to be your best self. If you're craving more from your life, you are in the right place. Come, let's journey together and transforming what you know into who you really are. Mastering Life's Adventures begins now. I am back with a special guest in this segment. And it's a topic that I think you really enjoy having the discussion with my special guest around, and that's Tehila. And we'll be talking about from physical to spiritual, an exploration of intuition, well-being, and abundance. So Tehila, introduce yourself to our seekers. Hi, Judith. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm Teila Aloni. I'm a former Israeli national judo champion. I used to be a boot camp instructor in the Israeli army. And today I'm the CEO of an access control company, a homeopath, and an extrasensory business consultant. Which is wonderful. And it's interesting. So share a little bit more about your kind of pathway to where you're at what's important to you? The way I see it, our life experiences, especially the challenges we face, are there to help us develop our unique skill set, which is basically is part of our calling. And that's the way I see it, especially looking back, you know, you say 2020 hindsight. So looking back at my life, I see how all my experiences have brought me to the point where I am today and I'm still evolving. Yeah, and it's those experiences, and I, I think you said it very nicely, it's our life experiences that we have that come together to make us who we are. With that being said, what are those key significant experiences that you've had that has shaped you to being who you are today? I started out as an individual athlete, and in order to succeed as an individual athlete, you have to focus on your own success. I used to do judo. It's a zero-sum game. When I was first place, <laughs> it was on the expense, so to speak, of all the people behind me or below me, depending how you, how you look at it. And even when you're first place, you're constantly worried about keeping that first place. So it's a constant sort of struggle to maintain your place against everyone else. And my mindset, at least as an individual athlete, was very self-centered and selfish. And then I injured my knee. And I had to quit doing judo. And I chose to become a boot camp instructor in the Israeli army. And I used to work with new recruits, male recruits from disadvantaged backgrounds. It was a very challenging position to be in and very, a very thankless job. However, being in such a position forced me to, to go in a very short time to flip from being someone who's self-centered to someone who completely gives their all to others because I was in a position where I wouldn't sleep in the night we used to sleep for three four hours and we were constantly just being there for for the soldiers for the new recruits and they didn't appreciate it at all 
Yeah, you know what? It, it, it reminds me of, um, first of all, your comment about going from selfishness to selflessness and the, the road or the journey that that takes for us. But it's also what happens with our soul. Sometimes our soul is invisible too. And so it's not being seen because we're so focused on our outer self and our accomplishments, which has this rightful place. But somehow we lose sight that there's something more, there's some, a greater substance to who we are. And so that experience from injuring your knee, unfortunately, but it seems like it helped you to now have to go into working with others where you did get any any limelight in the military. And in fact, it felt like it's like starving, no attention <laughs> you know, taking place um, to as if it allowed it, you in some ways it pivoted you and reoriented you in a way that you would never have thought about. Other than, other than once you start looking back and seeing how it's had an impact on you. Is that fair to say? I completely agree with that. And not only that, I think with this, the way I see this stages in development. So first of all, one has to be focused on one's own development and empowerment as a first stage, as an initial stage, which is basically what happened to me. And that created also my resilience, my self-discipline, and developed very good traits. Mm -hmm. And when my soul reached a place when it had learned the lesson, that's when, that's the way I understand, that's when I injured my knee and I moved on to the next stage, which is selflessness. And it was mm -hmm. in a very, very short time that I had to make the switch. And it was also very painful. However, the way I see it, when you go through a change, the faster, the more painful the change is, the faster usually you make the adaptation. <laughs> mm -hmm. You adapt. Mm -hmm. So the pain forces you to adapt. And research shows that pain is the only thing that lights up our entire brain. So pain in Hebrew is translated literally like a father, ke'av. So pain is an excellent teacher. It's like a father disciplines you <laughs> and it teaches you. So it has a very important role in our development as unpleasant it might be. Yeah, and that's sometimes I think we lose sight of the fact that we think that life should be 100% pleasure. <laughs> uh, and realizing that the soul is on the planet to learn certain experiences, the good, the bad, and the indifferent. And so some of the pain that we go through in different stages of our life is, is accelerating us. And we don't see it as acceleration. We just see it as pain. <laughs> but when we take a bigger picture of it, then we realize, okay, that pain actually made me to have to reflect, look, and use some of the things I learned earlier in my discipline of myself to, to use that discipline to look at oneself and what I want to do or how I need to navigate. I agree. And I think... The more evolved we are, the more we notice we, or we, we manage to have that mindset in real time. Because I think mm. you start by distant, only when you distance yourself and the further you get away from the experience, you manage to see that and have that mindset and see that that experience has actually served you. The whole idea is that the more evolved you are, you can switch from a victim mindset to a, I'd say, a gratitude mindset in real time. Yeah, I, I love that. Because one of the things that the soul is learning 
are trying to use in terms of you becoming more intuitive, which is one of the qualities we're going to be talking about at some point. But when you become more intuitive, that means you're more in tune with your inner self and that you're willing to look at things in real time uh, and not block it. And so that's what happens sometimes when pain happens is, is that we would just want to block it and get through it through medications or through whatever measures that we want to take. And not to say that I think people should go be have long, deep suffering for the rest of their lives in pain. No, but what message is the pain giving you at a higher level or a deeper level that you can be able to try to work on? And sometimes the soul is trying to teach you what you need to do because certain times of pain points have certain themes <laughs> keeps on coming up, keeps on coming up, different face, different situation, different um, circumstance. And it's like, are you seeing the dots? Are you connecting the dots of why this is happening um, for you? And that's the good aspect that we can be able to take away from maybe a, a dark cloud that we feel like we're in. I agree. You see, in my 20 years in the field of counseling, as a homeopath, as an extrasensory business consultant, and studying all the spiritual studies I've, I've been studying, whether it's Kabbalah, NLP, self-improvement, I've noticed that people operating patterns. People tend to repeat patterns, especially patterns that they, I'd say, need to master. Mm -hmm. So patterns keep on repeating and still we, until we actually manage to break the pattern. That's one of the things that I keep on asking the people that I work with. Are you noticing that you're managing to break patterns? What's new? What have you wanted to do in, for a long time and now you're suddenly managing to do it? That's what I want to see with the people I work with. I want to see that they break through these patterns because it's all about renewal. The faster you can evolve, adapt, and renew and rejuvenate yourself, the faster you're evolving. Yeah, I love the word renewal because I think it's something we can always be doing and, and not think that there is only one destination <laughs> that we're trying to move towards. But it, it is actually a universal that is always expanding itself, that you know, it's as if God renews itself through us. So we're always renewing ourselves each and every day. And if we're open to it in unique ways that that's happening, and when we can understand some of the patterns that are happening to us, which is now moving from the unconscious, to the more conscious level of awareness, then we can help <laughs> and accelerate in the process to allow um, the soul to be able to break through the chains that may be binding it and weighing it down because we're not noticing those patterns. Exactly. And you know, in, in Kabbalah, we say that God creates the universe or recreates the universe from nothingness to being at every single moment. And once you're aware of that and you manage to live with that mindset, then you realize that everything is possible. And that's an amazing place to be in. Yeah. And I think it's also a foreign place <laughs> to me because we don't really have roadmaps or directions or awareness about how to be able to get into that mindset. But just as what you said, that awareness of recreating of the universe is, re and I think of it as the universe is recreating itself via us. <laughs> and, you know, we're, you know, it's God's awareness of himself through us. <laughs> uh, that's also recreating the, the, the universe. And, and, but we sometimes get away from the fact that it's being a co-creator. 
how do you like that word? Being a co-creator and developing and, you know, as we're here on this planet Earth, learning and evolving. But God's here helping us, too, if we invite him or her into our experience. I, I, I love the word co-creating. And as I was talking, I was, I was thinking whether I should use the word recreating or creating. And I chose to use the word creating because God doesn't recreate. He creates and we recreate. Mm -hmm. And if we manage to think about it as it's not recreate, we don't repeat. If we manage to, to think of ourselves as being part of the universe that God creates, not recreates. Because when you recreate, it suggests something that's connected to the past. It's something that, that it's not completely rejuvenating or renewing. The, the mm. re is mm -hmm. still tied back. But if at every moment you create as if there wasn't anything before it, you create anew from nothing to, mm -hmm. to existence, to something, then you're in a completely different place. But I think we should keep or try to aim to be in the consciousness of creation and not recreation, because recreation is already, already suggests a certain pattern that binds us to the past. That's interesting. I would have to give that some more thought. I think of words like rejuvenation, you know, and I think about words like recreation. And I think about words like the re part of it is interesting, what you're trying to say. I think you're right that God in his grandness doesn't have to recreate anything, but it's God's already all infinite. So that in this planet that we find ourselves in time and space, we are trying to be more of a flow if you want to call it that, and his, or are we more trying to be a conduit of his his presence? And we are unique aspect of that. Each one of us is a unique quality that God experiences itself by via us. So that's why I need to get that more thought, because I, I think that's a, a good um, thing to think about. Thank you. I, I just thought about it now. It's just interesting, the, the English language compared to the Hebrew language. So I translate things in my mind sometimes, especially when it comes from Kabbalah, which is the Jewish spirituality. So tell us more about the Kabbalah, because it really ties into this aspect that we're going to be talking, we've been talking about is the exploration of intuition, well-being and abundance. So Kabbalah is, like I said, the Jewish spiritual uh, side. The basic concept in Kabbalah is the light and the vessel. The light is the light of the infinite, and we can't really influence it. I, you know, in, I'm talking in simplistic terms because these are very high terms, and I'm just doing the best I can. Right, right. Being a human and being who I am. <laughs> and we are vessels. Now, the stronger and purer and cleaner and larger the vessel, the more light it can contain and bring it to the world. The way I understand it, our mission is to work on the vessel. When the vessel is ready, the light already comes. So we work on the vessel through our lifestyle, our choices, if what we eat, how we talk. Everything we do basically works in our vessel. That's the, the commandments are actually there as a guide for us. It's like a user manual. The Bible is like a user ma manual for mm -hmm. us to maintain our vessels and to grow them. Yeah, um, and I think sometimes that is a missing element that since we don't really have that mindset about being a vessel 
and vessels of light and purifying those vessels. We put whatever we want in our mouth. (laughs) We, We say whatever we want. And we're not realizing that there is the creation that we're doing by what we're saying that is having an impact upon us. And we're not even aware that it's having an impact. And that's interesting because in the continuity of the Kambala, in, and, I, and you're an expert on this, there's um, 10 vessels. <laughs> you know? And they're unique, each one providing something unique in terms of what God's giving us is awareness of himself in some particular ways, from Ahat to Kitar. <laughs> and so it's, it's saying, how do we look at this from the standpoint of, as we're exploring intuition or we're exploring the concept of well-being or abundance, how would you help our seekers to understand that? If it's through this vehicle, to the Kambala, which you utilize in another way of helping the seeker to understand. Well, I'll tell you, I'll give you, I'll start with the long answer, okay? <laughs> in my 20 years of, of working, of counseling and working with people, I found that no matter who I work with or where they come from, everyone wants four things, the same four things. Everyone wants to be healthy. Everyone wants to be loved, valued, and appreciated. Everyone wants money. And usually if you're a woman above 30, you also want to lose weight. (laughs) Now, the thing is that people go about achieving these goals in the wrong way most of the time. When it comes to health, people take prescription medicine, which has side effects and doesn't address the underlying cause. When it comes to being loved, valued, and appreciated, lots of people have victim mentalities whereby they blame everyone around them for their problems and have toxic relationships instead of working on their self-development. When it comes to money, in Israel, we have a saying that if you work too hard, you don't have time to make money. (laughs) So (laughs) people are focused on keeping their nose to the grindstone instead of rising above and thinking outside the box how they can increase their incomes. And when it comes to losing losing weight, everyone's familiar with the yo-yo diets, that the only thing you actually lose is your (laughs) self-confidence and you gain extra weight and frustration. And that doesn't really work. The way I, I think of a story about this amazing garden in old Jerusalem, which was the apple of its owner's eye. It had the most beautiful lemon trees, orange trees, jasmine trees, flowers, green grass, bees, birds. And the owner used to sit there every afternoon enjoying his garden. Even the people who used to walk outside the garden used to stop outside the gates and just just to enjoy the fragrance that was emitted from the garden. And one day the owner noticed that the grass was losing its luster, the flowers weren't blooming anymore, the trees were dying, no more birds, no more bees, and naturally panicked and started shooting to all directions, like we say in Hebrew. And he started ordering experts from all over the country. So he had the bee expert come and put bowls of sugar with water around the garden in a desperate attempt to get the bees to come back. And the tree experts built supports around the trees, tying them with ropes to help them from falling down. And the grass experts exceeded them all by putting horse manure all over the garden, (laughs) all over the grass. And you can imagine how that smelled 
and that it didn't really work. And the owner was frustrated and upset. And his friend came to visit him with his five-year-old son. So there they are working, walking around the garden, trying to avoid the horse manure and reminiscing about how it used to be and trying to figure out what can be done. When the five-year-old boy suddenly pointed out and he said, Father, what's that there? So they look towards the corner and they, they slowly approach where he's pointing to and they look in the ground and then they see that the pipe, the main water pipe was broken. They reconnected the pipe and lo and behold, the grass was green again, the flowers were blooming, the trees were strong, the birds came, the bees came. And the way I see it, we're all gardens and we all need to connect to the source. Once you connected to the source, just like that garden, it connected to the water, it connected to the source, it didn't need anything else. The main thing was the connection to the water. Once we connect to the water, to the source, to God, that's when we're in tune. We're in tune with our soul. We're aligned with abundance. What I see is when I, I use homeopathy and bioergonomy to help people connect to the source, I see that their physical, mental, and emotional symptoms are cured they're making more money, they're happier, their relationships are improving. And it's all because they're aligned. And that's the way I see it. The, the right approach is not to take a fragmented approach like all the experts and start treating the grass and treating the trees separately. It's once you understand the holistic approach and you're connected to the source, that's when you're in the zone. When you're in the zone, when you just mm -hmm. think of something and it happens. I know sometimes I I just thought I, I wanted dessert for Friday night and then my neighbor knocked on the door and they gave me dessert. So you think of someone and they phone you. Things just happen. It's manifested, not because you were focusing on how you're going to manifest and repeating all these affirmations, et cetera. You, you weren't working at it. You weren't making an effort because the effort is to connect to the source. Once you made the effort to connect to the source, you make the effort inwards and not outwards. Outwards takes care of itself. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can see that when you work on your inner connection or alignment that you're having with the source, it automatically has a rippling effect. And it goes back to first cause, you know, tapping into first cause and not the effects. And what your story is about effect after effect after effect after effect, that there it must be the trees or it must be the bees or it must be the grass or it must be you fill in the blank. And that's what happens sometimes, what we, we end up doing too. And that the further that we're looking at the effects of what we think we need to do, the more we get further away from the soul and the soul awareness and the intuition of the soul that's trying to help us and guide us. But it's as if we can't hear it because we're so focused outwardly. And I mean, you said the, the five-year-old, it was a lovely analogy because sometimes I think the soul is kind of childlike in some qualities and very pure and wanting to kind of say, it's over here, guys. But since it's a child, we say, no, 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 <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> we got to continue to do these types of things. But at least in your um, story there, the dad and the um, person who owned the garden was uh, willing to look and see. And somehow I think we need to do more of that, if, of being aware and developing the awareness piece to some of the experiences that are coming our way. I, I agree, and you, and you put it so well. And especially modern life has so much noise, and there's so many different solutions that people tend to offer us, but they're all focused on the results. 
And what we want to do is we want to keep on going back to the, to the source. That's something that I, I use as, as my, my beacon or as my guide. I, I try to focus inwards and not outwards. And I think there's a lot of people who, who don't want to focus on internally. It's as if it's too boring <laughs> or it's too, too much quietness or it's too whatever. But, and I think what you said earlier is that we have to switch our mindset. That if we're trying to evolve and grow and we're trying to be more in attunement and alignment, that's the word I think you used, with the source, which is our abundance, is our tree of life. Um, we have to get comfortable with ourselves, but somehow there's, we get so caught up in just all the distractions around us and think that's the living of life. I agree. And listening to what you said, I was just thinking that one of the main reasons that people don't want to look inwards is because it's very, very painful. Hmm. And that was probably the initial reason why they were actually have in a way, detach themselves from their inner voice or their inner child because it's very, very painful. However, once you get over the initial pain and you're willing just to to breathe into it and stay there, it goes away. It's just like I remember giving birth (laughs) and preparing for the birth. I was told that, listen, contractions are no more than 60 seconds. And knowing that gave me a lot of strength because no matter how painful it was, I knew it won't be longer than 60 seconds. Now, I didn't time it at the, at the birth itself, but that, that definitely kept me going, knowing that there, there's a time frame for it. Now, obviously, we don't know the time frame for the pain that we might be going through, but we, we still know that, that it's, it's not endless, even though it might seem that way. Life is always about ups and downs, and uh, that's just the way the universe works. So it cannot be continuous. It's just like breathing through. And if you manage to stay a bit longer than what you feel like staying, so like just if you manage to hold yourself a bit longer than, than when you want to disengage and you just manage to discipline yourself and stay in that point, usually there's a huge release after that. This is kind of, I think, what we sometimes miss is that we're living in a world of transition. We think our feelings are going to be there forever. We're being annoyed or frustrated or whatever, but it goes by. It it moves by us. But at the time, we get so locked into this is who I am. This is how I'm being. This is what is going on. But what you're saying is sometimes by taking a step back and know that things have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And that we can be able to know that either if contractions for the 60 seconds that happens for us, it's not like five hours, even though it may feel like it's five hours, but those contractions are going through maybe five hours. But like you said, you can build up the strength. And one of the qualities that you've kind of moved from your experience of the past and moved it into even giving childbirth was discipline. And that brings up the quality of what the soul wants too. The, actually, the soul wants us to be more disciplined. And to be more focused and be aware of the fact that there is a beginning, a middle, and an end. And how can you help in the soul evolution to keep us moving forward, knowing that certain experiences we're not going to love or value as much, but only sometimes afterwards and looking back, we realize, yeah, okay, 
I can see why I had this experience. I see where it's about moving me. But it's also the quality that you were saying that brought to my mind is faith. We have to have a certain amount of faith. (laughs) And so for those seekers who have a faith, then it allows you to know that there's not chaos to our worlds. There is actually some systems and patterns, as you said earlier, and reasons why you know things are flowing the way they are, and certain things that we may need to repeat again because we were unconscious before when we went through that experience. Now, life is bringing it back around for us to be more conscious and more intentional and take the gems from the experience and not, not the negativity of what's going on for us. I think you're very right. And and as you were talking, I was just thinking that the whole thing about dealing with pain is the more you struggle against it and fight mm-hmm. it, the more painful it is. The more you just accept it, then it goes away faster. <laughs> and the same thing is with the contractions. So once you have faith, it's much easier for you to accept when you have faith and you, you believe that the pain that you're going through is actually there to help you grow, then you agree to stop fighting against it, stop struggling like a fly in a spider's cobwebs, you know, and mm-hmm. then you manage to transition to the next level. It's by accepting it. Yeah, and, and sometimes we, since we don't know what those next levels are that you've kind of you've talked about before, and we only have been um, conditioned to see what's only in front of us, um, then that, I think, gets us into a bind. It, it binds us in not a positive way, but it binds us into the, a negative mindset that also then keeps us further away from ourselves, further away from us passing the test of initiations that life has to offer us, not living it in a more kind of constructive and positive way. So we get bitter or we get annoyed, or we get angry at our source, which means the higher power or God, the I am presence, the Atman, whatever you want to call it. And we don't realize that that level of intensity of negativity of emotion really actually has a a negative impact on our general well-being, especially over time. And people wonder why my heart feels terrible or my, you know, I'm gaining more weight because you're emotionally eating or what are the, you know, things that I'm doing that I'm living outside of the true essence of who I really am, which is that connection that you talked about, that alignment that you're trying to always be in a flow with. Yeah. And it also ties up with what we said about whether you, you're part of a creation or recreation. Because if you recreate, you sort of repeating patterns. And what I found is that growth and uh, evolution are usually in the places where you least expect them. And I just love the way God has these surprises that you, you wouldn't expect. Like you maybe you go to a meeting that you've been dreading but you know it's the right thing. And then you meet the most amazing person. Or I think each one of us, looking back in our lives, we have all these unexpected presents that we get when we least expect them and we actually do something that we were averse to doing to begin with, but we sort of made the higher choice and, and went with it. 
And that's the, the word. I think that's, I love making the higher choice because I think we always have like a, a fork in the road with some experiences that we go through. We can have the low road we can take or we can have the high road we can take. <laughs> um, and it's like, how do I become more intentional about, I want to continuously take the high road, which is a choice, which keeps us then more moving towards that alignment that we want and greater awareness to the patterns that may happen in our lives. And therefore, we embracing it more. And that accelerates our progress. That accelerates us to be able to say, oh, I was meant to be here because I need to meet you. You have something you need to give to me. <laughs> There's some knowledge. I remember there was a time in which I was taking this course, and it's been like three decades ago, and it was related to helping babies who have colicky. And I just wanted to take the course because I was just interested in it. But interesting enough, I, I went there and just because I just wanted to learn something, you know, something different. And the person just came up to me and just said, I think this is something you're like. And you talked to me about this type of meditative practice. This is in the 90s, 80s, actually, this meditative practice. And she goes, I think you're, you would really like this. And I said, I looked around and said, why me? <laughs> she goes, I don't know. It's telling, it's telling me this is the connections that you're making mention of. Well, you know what? And it was a great experience. It really uh, opened up so much more awareness that I would have had otherwise, you know? So yeah, I think you're right on, uh, on target there when we were able to do that. And also, I think it ties into with that flow, more abundance that we get into and that flow and the abundance can show in different ways. And we only think is that in terms of money, but there's abundance of joy. There's abundance of givingness, of gratitude. <laughs> when you're talking about abundance, what, what comes to your mind? Abundance for me is, is, is everything. It's the light of God and manifests in, in health, in happiness, in, in wealth, in, in loving relationships. It manifests itself in different ways, but ultimately it's the light of God. And like I say, the larger and more open the vessel is, the more you can receive it and also give it to other people. Yeah. And that's the piece that sometimes we think it's just, we just hold on to it, but it's actually for us to flow and give out to others in a selfless way and in a way that, that God has infinite energy. So why not can I give it to others as I see the need? that needs to happen. And then that also helps us with this ongoing abundance well-being. And also for us to develop our intuition, when do we need to give and when do we need to hold back? Because it may be something they need to learn. Because some people who always are giving, giving, giving to them, it's like, what are they learning? Yeah. And that's where the intuition of listening to oneself comes in and can be helpful because maybe sometimes it's at, yeah, at a soul level, mm -mm, this is not the right time to do that. Let them, you know, let them ask or let them go ahead and experience what they need to experience and then listen in to see how you may be able to help. It's one way of thinking about things. You know, what you say, I, I agree with and, and it also makes me think because I think at the beginning of our evolution, choices are more black and white. You were taking, you were talking about how we take the, the higher road and make the higher choice. And in the beginning, I think, things are pretty clear. What is actually the higher choice and what's the, I'd say, the lower choice. However, I think the, the more we grow, we see that there are subtleties, we're more aware of subtleties. 
and we need to make more complex choices about when to give and when not to give. And when by not giving, we're actually giving an opportunity for someone else to grow. Giving in is, is not necessarily by giving something material. Giving is, has many different forms. And once we understand, that makes us be more aware of the different forms and just different choices that we make when we're faced with another person and how we can best help them evolve. Because sometimes giving is just listening to someone. They can just vent and ask them the right questions so they realize what the right action they need to take from within just by we ask them the question and then the answer comes from within. Sometimes giving is actually giving someone food or money, but in most cases, giving is being able to help someone else connect back to themselves, to their source. That's the biggest gift we can give to someone. You know how they say, don't give a person fish, give him a fishing rod. <laughs> that's at least that, that's what we say in Israel. Mm-hmm. So by connecting someone to the source, by connecting them back to themselves, helping them tap into their intuition and to their higher selves, that's when we're giving them a fishing rod. We're not just giving them fish, which will last them for the next day. And how do you go about doing that in your work that you do, helping them to be able to do that? What I hear is the listening and the, you know, listening intuitively too. I know when to, to give and when not to give. But what else do you find that is helpful in, in your work with people? Well, my unique skill set today is, is homeopathy. So I help people by giving them a homeopathic remedy, which, which I see opens up everything. It connects them to the source. I call it passive income. They take it and then they just receive more abundance. And when I say abundance, I don't only mean money. I mean health. And mm-hmm. uh, it raises their consciousness and changes their mindset. And that's just using the homeopathic remedy. Share a little bit more about what homeopathic remedies are for listeners who may not be as aware. So homeopathy is a form of alternative medicine. And the whole idea is that you don't treat the symptoms, you treat the person as a whole. I always tell people, listen, you describe to me all your symptoms, whether they're physical, mental, or emotional from your entire life. And basically you're describing the keyhole to me. And my aim is to find the right remedy out of something like 5,000 different homeopathic remedies, which is be like the right key, which will open up the door for you. I don't know what's behind that door, but I do know that once that door opens, it's like connecting the garden to water. Everything should improve. And that's what I see. Mm-hmm. That's a great way of kind of swinging back around from, for the connecting to source, to the garden and the water pipe. To be able to help um, them to connect to their greater source and but in, in their greater source, that's where the, the healing, quote unquote, it can be able to take place. Also, I've heard about uh, homeopathic remedies as being frequencies of energy as the kind of the keyhole. You're talking about the key that can turn it things as well. And so you utilize that to be able to help people. And then that moves them on a greater path to wellness is what I'm hearing. Yeah, homeopathic remedies work on a spiritual level. And basically the spiritual level is reflected in the material. I always laugh. Someone told me it's more the, the dog that wags the tail and not the tail that wags the dog. Meaning that the spiritual 
is the level that controls the physical. When we have a problem, we don't want to talk to the person who's at the front desk. We want to talk to the manager. And the same thing with the homeopathic remedy. We want to work on the spiritual, and then that will manifest itself in the material. So yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how homeopathy works. And what I also use is an extrasensory technique called bioergonomy, which allows me to perceive and influence the subject that I'm focusing on. So according to bioergonomy and other spiritual practices, everything has energy fields, whether it's a person, an animal, a business, a relationship, a bank account. Now, these energy fields nurture and support its subject. Once these energy fields are disrupted, that's when we see illness or discord in relationships or problems in the business. And using bioergonomy, I can actually diagnose the energy fields. And if they're disrupted, I can fix them. And the next level of work that I do is I make sure that all the interests of all the stakeholders in the business are aligned. What does that mean? If we want to receive abundance, we have to send a coherent message to the universe. If they're conflicting desires, those conflicting desires also send a conflicting message. These conflicting desires can be within one person. Like we see sometimes mothers have a conflict between their careers and being a mother. They have this guilt and they send a mixed message out to the universe. Or these conflicts of interest, these The misalignment of desires and intention can be in different people who are working or should be working for the same outcome. I'll give an example. There was this woman I was working with and everything seemed great with the business. It seemed like a great idea. The implementation was brilliant. And she wasn't understanding why she wasn't making money. And I couldn't understand why she wasn't making money until I looked at using the the bioergonomy. And what we realized was that her husband wasn't making much money at the time, and he was threatened by a success. So subconsciously, he was sabotaging her income and the business because subconsciously, he was sending out the message to the universe that he didn't want her to succeed. And what I suggested to this woman was that the husband should be taken as a part of the business. He should be, she should tell him that he's part of the business and ask for his advice and his opinion. And then the success of the business is also his success. Once she managed to sort of utilize him, and we say in Hebrew, what's the word that's like when you, when you, when you tie a, a horse to the cart? <laughs> Once she managed to tie him to that cart, <laughs> and they were both pulling it together, then you see that the, the business was improving, and their marriage was also improving their relationships because everything was coherent. Everything, everything was working for the same sort of outcome. Mm-hmm. And that was that's one of the things that I, I see are very, very important that everyone's interests are aligned. So that's another level of work that I do. Mm-hmm. And above that, there's the next level, which I do is when people need to make choices. Obviously, we need to make choices all the time. I give that extra insight using bioergonomy in order to help the people make better choices. I think this is a great point to stop and to have this as a part two. 
because I think choices is really a fascinating aspect about how we either come into alignment or out of alignment. All the people around us, the choices that they make are having an impact because it goes back to this orc feel that exists around all of us, whether we're aware of it or not, even in nature, human nature, I mean, on this planet, everything has an art feel and is having an impact upon us. And being aware of that, which I'm hearing that that's what one of the things you kind of focus on is that keenly being aware and attuned to what are the different wheels within wheels within wheels, as Ezekiel would say, that has taken place that is having impact on not only ourselves, but those that are around us and also the greater universe, you know, as well. So if there was a word or a statement that for this segment that you would like to leave our seekers with, what would that be? I think it's very, very important for women especially to listen to their intuition. Intuition, it's like a child, okay? When you give it confidence and you give it support, its voice becomes louder. The more we move intuition into center stage, the louder that inner voice will be and the more connected we will be. And that's why I've created a quiz for businesswomen to measure and improve their intuition. By merely taking the quiz, I've built it in such a way that by merely taking the quiz, it already improves the intuition. And I think that the more we, like I say, we focus on listening to that inner voice and making room for it in our lives, it will grow. And that's essential because that inner voice is actually the soul talking to us. That's that's just the way it, it manifests. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, 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 it sounds fascinating. The um, quiz um, that you've designed and I have it operational for people to go be able to take. And what would be the website that they could be able to reach you at or go take the quiz if they wanted to do that? So my, my website is bioforbiz.com, B-I-O, the number four, B-I-Z.com. And there you can find the quiz. And I'm always happy to give more information about developing intuition because I think it's such an important part of each and every one of us evolution. And the more each one of us understands that, the more we evolve, we actually pull up the entire universe then maybe we're, we're willing to take even some more responsibility to our, our personal growth. So mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons I did that, to help people just elevate. Yeah, and I think automatically when you're elevating your intuition, you are more responsible because you're more disciplined and you're more in tune with what you need to do, when you need to do it, how you need to do it. You're kind of in the flow, a greater flow with things. And you're not going to always do it perfectly, but at least you're on the path of learning. Uh, how to be able to do that with your soul and mind. And so that's the, the beauty of it all. I hope you've enjoyed this segment, Seekers. And please stay tuned to part two, because we are going to have, we will be having Tahila come back and um, give her pearls of wisdom as it relates to intuition, but also this whole aspect about choices. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me for this episode on Mastering Life's Avengers being your best self through soul evolution. If you have enjoyed what you've heard today, I would be delighted if you would share this episode with others. Leave a thumbs up and subscribe to my Master in Life's Adventures podcast. Look forward to your joining the next episode. Please leave any comments or suggestions you might have below. Bye for now.